Life is full of adventure. There are ups and there are downs. You, my God, are painting a picture of your children being found. In all of our journeys, we will find a part, a place in our story. You are revealing your heart. That on top of the mountain or in the valley below, you, my God, are with us wherever we go. The Lord told me to build him an archy archy. The Lord told me to build him an archy archy. Oh, pardon me, I didn't see you here. <laughs> Sometimes I get so distracted wandering out in my vineyard that I just lose all sense of time and importance. Just me and God wandering amongst the vines. There's nothing quite like dwelling in his presence, is there? Oh, but I'm sorry, I haven't even asked who you are or why you're here. Well, perhaps the who doesn't matter so much, does it? After all, we're all family. That is, all trails lead back to me, because I'm Noah. <laughs> As for why, well, I can see in your eyes which story you've come for. It's the same one they always come for. I tell you what, you live through one global catastrophe that wipes out nearly all of humanity and suddenly that's all anybody cares about. No, how was your day, Noah? No, how's your vineyard doing, Noah? No, Noah, what's your stance on Arminianism versus Calvinism? <sighs> they just wanna hear the one about the water over and over again. That's uh, not so bad, I do enjoy telling the story. But I'll tell you what, I'll make a deal with you. I'll tell you the story if you can help me by making sound effects. Yes, does that sound good? Fantastic. If you need help knowing which sound to make, just look to the skies. That should help you. Okay, let me see, let me see. Ah, see, water humor. <laughs> it all began when I was walking around one day. I was walking and I was praying to God as I did often. And suddenly, I heard his voice come from heaven. Can we make harp sounds? Oh, perfect. How about some angelic singing? Oh, wonderful. It's like I'm really there. <laughs> and the Lord said to me, Noah. God, is, is that you? It is I, the God of Isaac and Abraham. Who were they? <laughs> it's not important yet. Okay, uh, well, what can I do for you, uh, Mr. God? <laughs> Uh, actually, I have a doctorate. 
Oh, uh, what can I do for you, Dr. God? <laughs> Noah! Yes, I, I'm here, God, I'm listening. <laughs> I need you to build me an ark. Like an ark of the covenant or, no, no, like a boat. I'm not, uh, I'm not exactly near any water though. I will send water. I will send enough water to cover the entire world. Why? <laughs> because humanity is wicked. They no longer listen to me. They follow their own laws and love evil. Okay, but uh, we're cool, right? We tight, home dog. <laughs> so what kind of boat exactly am I going to build? A big boat, an enormous boat. A boat big enough to put two of every kind of animal inside. How many animals are there? <laughs> oh, there's a lot. Hmm. So the Lord told me he wanted me to build this ark and he wanted it so many cubits long and so many cubits wide and so many cubits deep. If you don't know what a cubit is, it's measured from your elbow to your finger. And let me just say, I'm glad that I have such large arms. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm not sure God would have picked me for this task. <laughs> or he might have had a much smaller boat. <laughs> but I got to work. I started hammering. Oh, here we go. Can we make hammering sounds? And how about a saw? Uh, and I worked, and I worked, and I worked for many, many years. Now there's some discrepancy over how long it actually took me to build the ark, and I'd love to shed some light on that for you. Unfortunately, it's been so long that I don't remember. <laughs> but I worked for a very long time, and when I finished, I took a step back, and I just stared at the boat. Mm, beautiful. And then that moment was gone, because animals started coming from all around. Let's make some animal noises. Well, that's perfect. Oh, it's like I'm there. And I started feeling a bit, over, a bit overwhelmed. I just finished this boat and now I had all these animals and they stretched on longer than I could see. Fortunately, and this is a little known fact, the Lord gave me a checklist so I could keep track of all of them. Uh, rabbits, check. Uh, iguanas, oh, there you go, check. Uh, elephants, oh, big check. Lions, Oof. check. Unicorns, unicorns. Oh, dear, uh, eaten by the lions. <laughs> And llamas, uh, check, <laughs> yes. When the last of the animals had gotten on the boat, I rushed my family up there, and we got inside, and God closed the door of the boat, and then, I think you know what came next. The rain started coming down. That's right, let's get some rain noises, and let's get some lightning and thunder. 
Needless to say, my neighbors were not very enthusiastic about the rain. <laughs> but me and my family, we were, we were safe inside. But you know what? It wasn't just raining. Water started rising out of the earth. It sprang forth. And for 40 days and 40 nights, the waters rose until the entire earth was covered. Have you ever been seasick? <laughs> I have. For 150 days, the waves rocked me back and forth, and the floorboards creaked, and I rocked, and I creaked along with the ark. You know, God, I know you're busy washing away the sinners and everything, but maybe you could calm the seas just a little bit for those of us who followed your commandments. <laughs> oh, thank you, God. <laughs> for 150 days we were in that ark before it landed amongst the mountains of Ararat. Now, I won't tell you which mountain it was, but it's somewhere in that range. You should go looking for it sometime. <laughs> And we had to stay on the boat a bit longer because we weren't sure if all the water had cleared away, so I sent out a raven. Can you guys make a bird noise? Oh, there it goes. And then I sent out a dove. And eventually, the dove came back with an olive branch, and that's how we knew it was safe to exit. So we let all the animals out, and me and my family got out finally back on dry land but I'd gotten so used to the water that I got land sick. <laughs> no, that's just a joke I tell. And it was there on that mountain that I got to see God's promise. A rainbow appeared in the sky, and God promised to never flood the earth again as he had. His wrath was satisfied, and a new era would begin. Well, what do you do when you live through something like that? Some people rest, other people go on a journey to find themselves. For me, well, I decided to start a vineyard. It keeps me busy, it keeps me happy. Someone asked me once why I wanted to start a vineyard. I told them, well, I feel as though I have a, lar I, I have a connection to large amounts of liquid. <laughs> And between you and me, I'm awfully tired of water. <laughs> well, that's the story. If you have time for another, I could tell you the key to growing perfect grapes. No? <laughs> Nobody ever cares about that one. Well, oh, oh no, no, I should get going. I should get going. <laughs> well, peace be with you, my child. Go and have your own adventure, build your own ark, and have your own mountaintop experience. And if anybody tells you that they think God can't do anything he wants, tell them you know us someone who disagrees. <laughs> Farewell. Who built the ark? Me, me, who built the ark? I built the ark, who built the ark? Me, me, he built the ark. Oh, wow. I built the ark. We weren't sure guy. we could get Noah here on such short notice, so can we give him one more round of applause? Yeah. Because that was a great story. I love that guy.
Well, technically, I know we've already been introduced, but because my title now is so long and funny to say, I'd like to introduce myself again. I'm Emily Rubitino, and I'm the next-gen worship arts minister. <laughs> I that did it. a mouthful. <laughs> wow. Well done. And uh, my name is, I almost said Mr. Tommy. Um, my name is Tommy Rubitino. I'm the middle school pastor here at North Shore, and we are so excited to be here with you guys. Now, before we jump into things, I, well, I like to start things out with, with a joke. And so, uh, if you will, uh, get ready to laugh really hard. I like to set things up properly. <laughs> All right, go ahead, um, give it Emily, to us. do you happen to know why they are called the Mountains of Ararat? I have no idea. Oh, well, I'll tell you. You see, when they landed and all the animals came out of the ark, there were actually three rats who came up to Noah and said, hey, Noah, there were three of them, and this guy is the third. And Noah said, oh, I'm sorry. I guess he's an error rat. You You're changed welcome. the script on me. <laughs> that is not the joke you I rehearsed. just thought of that sitting there. Of course you did. Okay. <laughs> Well, enough of this nonsense. Um, I think we really need to pray us into this message. As you can tell, it's going to be rough. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but we'd like to invite the Lord into everything that we do. We're a church that prays and a family that prays together. Come on now. <laughs> Father, we love you so much. We just thank you so much for this time of worship that we get to experience together as a family. Lord, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for the truth you have in it to show us who you are and who we are in you. And I pray that whatever we say today is the message that you want to convey to hearts this morning, and anything that is not of you, I pray that it's forgotten and burned up forever because we only want you in this space. We invite your presence. We invite your voice to speak through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to hop right into this. The story of Noah, you can pull a lot of different things from it. You can go a lot of different different a uh, lot of different directions with it, but uh, we're just going to share with you a few a, a few thoughts, a, a few ideas that uh, we feel the Lord laid on our hearts specifically about the story of Noah. And so, uh, the first one, just going to jump right in is that sometimes you have to step out alone. Noah looked like a crazy person, especially if he looked, looked anything like that Noah. He's my brother, I can say that. <laughs> um, he was building this huge boat not near any water to my understanding. There was not technology to get the boat to water once he'd finished it. And there was no sign that some catastrophic flood was gonna be happening. And so I don't know if Noah has had friends, it doesn't really specify, but if he did, they probably thought he was nuts. His own family may have even criticized him and that's a really hard place to be. I don't know if any of you have experienced that being criticized for doing something that seems a little crazy, especially if it's something God, you feel like God called you into. But here's what I think Noah understood because he had a relationship with the Father. He knew who he was. And that, that is that God's motivation behind everything is love. He is not a mean, angry God up in the sky just like looking to embarrass us to see if we're gonna be obedient or, or uh, just because he needs a good laugh. He has a really good, amazing master plan. And we might not have the full, clear picture of it yet, but we can trust him because his word says he is good and his motivation behind everything is love. And some of you might say that if I serve a good God who loves me so much, he would get me out of this or he wouldn't make me do this crazy thing. He wouldn't make me step out in this way. And Noah may have looked crazy, but because Noah listened, 
he was saved. Noah may have felt like he was alone and disconnected, but because, because he chose to stay connected to God, God gave him the blessing of life. And I think he gives us all this blessing of life, but sometimes we don't even see our own life as a blessing. And that's because I think we're not filling up with enough of his truth. We're not filling up on God and what he sees, his perspective. We don't have what we might call a, a kingdom perspective or, or a heavenly lens. We're not seeing things the same way that he sees them. And I stole this il illustration from, uh, from a different sermon I saw online. Yay, the internet. Ugh, I've got this. Oh, thank you. Way to go. All honey. right. And it goes like this. These ping pong balls. Let's pretend we're back in Noah's time, okay? And all of these ping pong balls represent all of the evil and wicked things that were happening back then. And this is like, this is the worst of the worst stuff, guys. This is the stuff that God looks down on and it's breaking his heart that his kids aren't seeing how they're hurting themselves and they're hurting each other. That's not part of his perfect plan. And so he sends this flood. He sends this flood so that he can wipe out all of this stuff, okay? He needs to start over. This, and this illustration isn't just about Noah and the flood. This is what he had to do back then, but this is what he wants to do today for us. He wants us to be so full of him and his love and his perspective on things that all of this other stuff inside of us, this, this guilt, this unforgiveness, this shame, the unbelief, the frustration, all of that garbage, that was never God's plan. And yes, we experience it and he works through it and he brings good from it because that's who he is. This was not his intention. This is not his perfect plan for us. And so we need to be able to be seeking him in all things so that we can get rid of all this stuff. Because also, you know what? This doesn't just affect us. This isn't just about our choice and our life and how it affects me. When we choose to say yes to Jesus and we choose to give him our whole life, it affects everybody around us. And that's the next point I'm going to make is that because Noah listened, his family was saved. Our choices affect everything that we touch. And we're always going to overflow what's inside of us. And so if we have a bunch of this stuff inside of us, eventually that's what's going to come out. But if we're able to fill up, where's my water? Where's my Holy Spirit water? If we're able to fill up on him, we're going to overflow him naturally. And it's never going to be about how we're behaving. It's not our behavior. We can't change things from the outside and hope it gets in. It's always going to start with what's in our heart. And so if he's in our heart, if he's what we're filling up on, it's going to be a beautiful thing that overflows to the world around us. And our world needs us, guys. We need to have him inside of us because we can't have this. This isn't part of his perfect plan. It hurts us and it hurts the people around us. And so, um, and so we need to be so consumed with everything he is so that we can affect the world around us. Because you know what? God is omniscient. Such an awesome word. My dad taught it to me when I was a kid. Kids, raise your hand if you know what the word omniscient means. Nice. Yeah, nice. We got some kids. Well, those are, they're with me. <laughs> so I'm so proud of you guys, though. Uh, omniscient means that God is all-knowing. He knows what's best for me. He knows what's best for you. He knows what's best for this world. And in Romans 8, 28, it says that God works 
all things for the good of those who love him. And that's why we can trust him. All right, Mr. Tommy, <laughs> take it away. <laughs> so sometimes you have to step out alone and sometimes you have to wait. Noah had to step out, he had to risk looking crazy, he had to risk looking different than the people around him because of the way he behaved, because of what he believed, but he also had to wait. And there are a lot of things that matter while you wait, but I wanna look at just a couple of those. One of the things that matters is what you do while you wait. And I, I love this quote from Joyce Meyer, she says, Patience is not simply the ability to wait, it's how we behave while we're waiting. It's how we behave while we're waiting. And so we all have those things that we have to wait for that, that we experience in our lives. We have to wait for uh, maybe a house that we'd really like to move into or we're waiting for uh, a new car because our old one is just not cutting it or we're waiting for a family member to come back into the fold. We have been praying and praying that God would work on their hearts and bring them back to the family. Our kids, you're waiting for Christmas. <laughs> you're waiting for your birthday. These things that it just feels like, oh, if they would just come, everything would be okay. But while you're waiting, you might as well make the best of it. You might as well enjoy the time that you're in, even while you're waiting. And, and I don't mean you should pretend that everything's okay, that you should pretend that you're not feeling anything. I think it's absolutely healthy to talk to people you love, to talk to people you trust about your frustrations, but there's a big difference between that and complaining. And, and that brings us to the other thing that matters is what you say while you wait. Sometimes when we have to wait for something, we spend a lot of time complaining about where we are because it's not where we want to be. We can end up spending so much of that time and our words complaining about where we are because it's not where we want to be. Now imagine Noah, he's there in this big boat and he's stuck in there. <laughs> There's no way out. There is water everywhere. He is waiting for something. He is waiting for something huge. He's waiting for life. He's waiting for the rest of his life and his family's life. And they're stuck in a boat full of animals, lots and lots of animals. I can't imagine what that must have smelled like. I can't imagine how loud that might have been sometimes and how difficult that might have been. And it's really easy to complain when situations are, are that bad, when, when you're waiting for something that you truly just want to get to. And I really want us to look at how intense this was for Noah and his family. And so what we did is we went through Genesis 7 through 9, and we found the, some of the exact numbers that... that uh, that we can understand. And I'm, I'm a numbers person. I like data. And so this is really fun for me. So in your notes, I put Noah by the numbers. I hope this is fun for some of you too. Um, and so there's just a few that we highlighted there. The first one, everybody kind of ha has an understanding. Uh, it rained for 40 days. Now, for the longest time, I thought that was it. I thought it was, oh yeah, 40 days, 40 nights, it rained. That sounds rough, but I think I could handle that a month and a half. That doesn't seem like a big deal. Well, then I found this out. The next one, after 150 days, the water abated. And abated means receded. That's, that's what it says in the Bible. The, the water finally started going down. But 150 days, 
That's a lot longer than that 40 days that I thought it was. And th that's how long he was stuck there. But then it gets worse. After another two and a half months, the mountain peaks could be seen. So 150 days, then another two and a half months, they could finally actually see the mountains. That's how long it took. And so the last number, it's after 10 and a half months, Noah opened the ark. So for 10 and a half months, they're stuck in there. He's waiting that long for something he desperately wants. And I find that so fascinating that uh, the Bible says that's when they opened the ark. That's when the hatch was finally open. So essentially, they couldn't even see daylight. They couldn't even see what God was promising them. That's intense. How many of us have been in a time or in a time right now where it feels like we can't even see the promise that, oh my goodness, it would be really, really nice in this waiting time if I could at least see what God is going to be promising me or, or if I could at least see the end of it. That is so difficult. And, and so I want to tell you guys a quick story about a time in my life where, where I had to wait. And, and it actually involves uh, this beautiful woman here. Now, as, as Pastor Scott mentioned, um, thank you, Coral. She is, she is, let's just celebrate Emily. Oh, no, stop, I love please, it. please. I love it. So, like Pastor Scott said, we met here at North Shore, and, and for that, we will always thank God for North Shore, no matter what. And so, uh, uh, we, we got to know each other a little bit, and then our official first date was May 21st, 2016. And it was a pleasant date. We had great, right? Yeah, tell them what we did. Okay, well, I took her to a grocery store. Hear me out, okay? <laughs> tell them more. <laughs> Who <laughs> had to pay for their own groceries? We each had to pay for our own groceries, all right? Look, the point was, I'd been reading a lot about how it's good to actually know normal life things about the person that you're going to be, you know, if, if we were going to be dating and spending the rest of our lives together, well, so grocery store seemed like a great idea. And you know what? We got to know each other. We got to know how we shop, how we make decisions. Moving on, we had that first date. <laughs> and it was, it was, we had a great conversation. I thought this is going really well. I, in my head, I'm like, oh boy, okay, I've got to, I got to seal the deal for that second date, you know? I'm like, okay. And so we finally talk about, I'm like, oh, so should we do this again? And she was like, mm, <laughs> probably not. And to, to be fair, she was leaving for the summer. I knew this. And it, it, it was, she, she talked about how, you know, God, there was stuff that he wanted to do in our lives and, and to still teach us. I was talking to him. He was saying the same things to me, um, but she's the one who was saying them out loud with wisdom. And so, so that was it. She, she left for the summer to Leavenworth to act in the Leavenworth Summer Theater and do and, 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 uh, uh, choreography. You did a lot there. Uh, I could never do, and it was awesome. And so... I'm waiting that whole summer, and, and I was just excited for her to get back, hoping that may, hopefully she would be willing to talk to me when she gets back. And so she gets back. She agrees to have coffee. We sit down. I'm like, this is it. I'm going to date. And <laughs> then she continued talking about how we still maybe know. And... <laughs> Um, and, and she was right. We still needed to get to know each other as friends. We still had a lot we had to uh, go through. 
And so for the next three months, we worked together, we did family events, FX together, we were in a small group together, all the while God was just constantly teaching us. We were each spending a lot of time with him, just getting to know who we are, who he created us to be. So then Christmas Eve comes, a magical time of year, right? <laughs> Perfect time to ask someone out. And so <laughs> we sit down to have a define the relationship conversation, and we agree to date, except we decide to call it a dating friendship and that was just a way for us to not really be dating, but there's kind of a commitment, but we're also going to keep getting to know each other as friends. There's a lot that went into this. Someday I'll tell you my version of the story. That'll be fun. <laughs> so she leaves that day for 10 days. and Because <laughs> I'm always leaving. I know, she's just always leaving. And so... She comes back, we have an interesting six weeks, and then sh we sit down for coffee, and I'm like, oh, I know where this is going. And <laughs> we took a little break. And, but I was like, you know what? I've been waiting this long. It can't get any worse. I, I'm okay with this, because I knew, I think we both knew that we were going to end up together. I didn't know that. Okay, well, <laughs> I knew for both of us. And so, so, Another period of time where we uh, invested a lot in our relationship with God and, and we were also reading books about relationship and, and... I was mostly crying for two months. Okay, well, <laughs> it was a lot. So anyway, finally on April 9th, 2017, we sat down at a beach and we officially decided, yes, we're going to date. <laughs> and that obviously led to this. Now, here's the interesting part. Remember when I said that after 10 and a half months, uh, Noah opened the ark. So they were on the ark for 10 and a half months. If you'll recall, our first date was May 21st, 2016. And April 9th, 2017 was when Hope was born. <laughs> that was exactly 10 and a half months of time there. <laughs> And that's why we decided to share the story of Noah with you today. Uh, that's how it relates. Okay, Good night, okay. everybody. Okay. All right, so, so the thing is, though, all of this time, all this waiting was necessary. It was necessary for us to grow in our relationship with God and, and in, in just growing as human beings, as people. But in that same way, that time that Noah was waiting on the ark, that was necessary too. That, that all this waiting, it has purpose. Waiting in our lives, waiting for Noah, it had purpose because God loves us, because God wants to make sure that things work out, that, that you are in the best possible place to receive what he wants to give you. So, so this story, it's not just about God, you know, keeping his people, keeping Noah in the ark for all this time just because. It's because it had purpose, because God was at work, and God is at work in your lives, and he promises that. He has promises for you, and Emily's going to help us unpack a few of those promises. Yeah, so you can always count on God's promises, and that is a beautiful, amazing statement to say, but it's not going to sound that exciting or inspiring if you don't actually know what the promises are or you don't know him. And I want to tell you that you can find all of God's promises in his word in a book called the Bible. We use it here all the time. It's 
it's, uh, it's God's word uh, to his people. Um, but sometimes he might have a specific word that he'll speak individually to your heart. Um, but he is a God of relationship. And his promises are for his kids. And sometimes I think we want to, like, hear a promise and be like, that makes a nice Hobby Lobby sign. And, like, pretend that's walking in his promises. Like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then be bummed that you can't do all things because, well, Christ isn't strengthening you. And it's like if you signed up for a baseball team and the first day of practice you get there and the coach is all inspiring and like by the end of the year you're going to be playing like this. It's going to be so much better than when you started and all this stuff. And you go, cool, see you at the end of the season. And then you come back at the end of the season and are like, um, what in the world, coach? You said I would be better. I'm not any better than when I started. And the coach goes, oh, well, that was a promise I made for the team. That was for the team, but you didn't act like you were part of the team. You, you didn't come to any of the practices. You didn't get to know your teammates. You didn't get to know me, and I couldn't know you to, to show you how I could help you and help you improve your playing. So that promise, that wasn't for you. All of his promises are designed to be walked out in relationship, but if you're not in relationship with him, you're not going to know how to stand on them or walk in them. And Tommy's going to tell us a little bit more of the promise, uh, about the promises we learned from the story of Noah. Um, but I also want to invite the ushers forward to start passing out the elements because we're going to uh, enter into a time of communion in just a couple minutes here. But go for it. Yeah, and if this is your first time or if you don't feel comfortable, you can just let the tray pass by. That is totally cool. Um, so the first promise we want to talk about is God promises never to flood the earth again. He promises never to flood the earth again. And, and this brings us to our mountaintop uh, where God gave Noah a promise on the mountains of Ararat as he, he put a rainbow in the sky to signify this promise that he would never flood the earth again. And this may seem like this is a very specific promise that uh, it was great. It's great to hear, but what does it even matter? But here's, here's what... I see in this. Uh, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes in my life, when I've had times where it feels like everything is so overwhelming, where it feels like I, there's no way out, <laughs> that, that things are just so, so bad that I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. It feels like it's the end of the world. It, it, that's the feeling. I go, oh, it just, it feels like it's the end of the world. And sometimes one of the best things I can hear in those times is, Tommy, it's not the end of the world. And that's what this promise is, is this is the promise that, listen, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. God promises that, that if you love him, if you, uh, if you believe in Jesus, you can know that it's going to be okay. And the second promise is, he promises he will always be with you. And when I was in elementary school, God gave me a life verse. It was Deuteronomy 31.6. It says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And that's a promise. It's a promise from God that he will always be with you. That even when it feels like you're all alone, even when it feels like you don't know who you are, even when it's the middle of the night, you can't sleep, and you feel just darkness around you, you can know that he's there with you, that he will never leave you. And you can remind yourself of that and use your words to remind yourself of that. And the thing is, Jesus also said that 
in Matthew 28, 20. He said, surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Surely I am with you to the end of the age forever that you can trust that Jesus is with you no matter what. And speaking of Jesus, Emily's going to wrap things up the way they should always be wrapped up, and that's by pointing to Jesus. Well, yeah. So God promises Jesus, and we in the story of Noah may not see the person of Jesus in that story that we get from the, the Old Testament, uh, but we believe that in the Bible, all of the stories of the Bible always point back to Jesus. And so that's how we want to wrap up tonight. Oh, this morning. It's not tonight yet. <laughs> what time is it? Um, see, God made a covenant with Noah that he was never going to destroy creation again through a flood. And in the same way, he made a covenant with us through his son, Jesus. See, we serve a just God. And so he had to eliminate, he had to get rid of all of the wickedness and evil. And, and he had to pay for that. But he sends Jesus in the New Testament and takes out all of his wrath and anger and judgment on Jesus. Because John 10.10 10 tells us that his intention is always life, an abundant life. And he didn't, he didn't just send his son to uh, cover our sins, but it's, it's so that we could be clothed in his son Jesus so that we could be in right relationship with the Father. So weekly here at North Shore, we do um, something here called communion, and that's where we take a little cracker as the bread, and that's the body of Christ representing when he, when he died on the cross, when he was nailed to a cross, and then we take a little cup of juice to represent the blood of Jesus that was shed to eliminate our sins and also to give us new life. And we're going to enter a time together as a family where we take these elements. And again, if you don't feel ready or comfortable, that's okay. You can just uh, let sit in this moment and just talk to God. Um, but I'm going to read from Matthew 26, 26, so we can receive the elements together. And it says, As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. And then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, "This, Take this and eat it, for this is my body. Let's take and eat the bread. And he took a cup of wine and he gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, Each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Go ahead and take the cup. And I'm just going to say a little prayer before we pass the buckets. Lord, we just thank you so much for... Thank you for Jesus. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your stories that can always point us back to who you truly are and who we are in you. And Lord, we want to know the reality. We want to know the truth of who our God is. So if there's any thoughts inside of us, inside of our heads, inside of our hearts that are not of you, and and we have any thoughts about God that are not true to your character, true to your nature, I pray that those would just be burned up in Jesus' name because we only want the truth of who our Father is. We don't want somebody else's truth. We don't want to make it up on our own. We want you to reveal it to us. And so I just pray that um, today would con continue our journey of getting to know more of who you are and fill us up with you, Lord. Fill us up with everything that you are because we want to overflow who our Father is. We want to overflow Jesus on people, on each other, on this world because we need you. We don't need any of the other stuff. 
Show us what is of you, Jesus, because we say yes to that. We say we want that. We say we want you in this place and outside of this place and everywhere that we are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.